Hey there, Pearlside Small Group Leaders. Welcome to our Small Group Leaders podcast, where we help you prepare to lead your small groups. This is Pastor Billy here, and I'm here with Pastor Tim Ma. And uh, we're excited to dive into part two of our series, The Arrival. And um, as we journey on closer to Christmas, just want to remind us to be thinking and praying about who we're inviting, who we're in- going to include this Christmas season. Um, I just read an article that said that about 56% of people uh, w- that are non-Christians would come to a Christmas service if they were invited by a friend or a loved one. So that's pretty good odds. 56%, you get that in Vegas, you go all in. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. So I think we need to go all in in this season and in inviting our friends and loved ones because God is moving in people's hearts. And let's believe that uh, we're going to see a harvest of souls, not just on Christmas weekend at our services, but as we love on people in the community, at, at work, and everywhere. And so let's let's take the shot this year and see what God will do. For more information about all of our Christmas services, you can go to pearlside.org slash Christmas and uh, let's believe God for a great uh, holiday season. Amen. Well, as we continue our series, part two, we're talking about peace because the arrival of Jesus Christ onto the earth was to bring peace to the world. And um, peace in, in the natural sense, but most importantly, peace with God and in a spiritual sense. And uh, the, just the whole journey of Jesus being born seems like it came in, in circumstances that would bring the exact opposite of peace. Um, you know, we, start, we read this weekend from Luke chapter 2 about how Mary and Joseph had to travel almost 100 miles, about a 7 to 10 days journey, depending on how fast you move, while nine months pregnant, to go register in a census in the town of Bethlehem. Now, I remember when my wife was pregnant, and uh, I was freaking out about every little detail, and I would have been really frustrated if I had to take her on donkey back into the Judean wilderness, you know, facing wild animals at night, having to light, camp and light a fire and all that. I mean, that that's not an ideal circumstance. And then to get to Bethlehem and find there's no room for them, there's no inn, and then finally having to give birth to Jesus in a manger, an animal's stable, right? I mean, and you think about that, like, that seems like the exact opposite of peace. It seems like chaotic, out of control, like, God, what are you doing in my life? This is not the way things ought to go. But what Mary and Joseph probably didn't realize, and what we often don't realize, is sometimes that journey that seems chaotic and out of control is right in the will of God, or it's leading us to the will of God. And the way that we know that Mary and Joseph were in the will of God was because the prophet Micah prophesied about 750 years before this happened that the Savior would have to be born in Bethlehem. So somehow, Mary and Joseph were going to have to get from Nazareth to Bethlehem about 100 miles away in order to fulfill the will of God. Through all that chaos, God was leading them to right where they needed to be to fulfill the will of God. And I think this is so important for us, that as we journey through life, we're going to go through seasons that seem chaotic, out of control. God, what are you doing? But it could just be God leading us exactly where we need to be to do exactly what he's called us to do. And um, so, you know, I think that's, that's a word for many of us here today. You may feel chaotic. People in our small groups may feel like life is out of control. But if we trust in Jesus, we keep on following his plan, He's leading us exactly where we need to be. So how do we experience peace amid these challenging circumstances is uh, knowing that we're walking in the will of God, that if you're in Christ, He has a plan and a purpose that He's going to fulfill in your life, and we just need to stay faithful to Him. And then secondly, peace comes when we surrender to Jesus as Lord and when we trust and obey Him. You know, one of the other things before I turn it over to Pastor Tim here is, you know, the Jews missed Jesus. We talked about this last week because he didn't meet their expectations, right? They wanted Jesus to be a certain way, the the, the, the ruler coming in to destroy all their enemies, and he came as a baby, humble, you know, that whole deal. And because he didn't meet their expectations, they rejected him. 
But the crazy thing is we do that as well. When we want Jesus to be something other than he is, we can miss him completely. And we, we can't forget that Jesus isn't just our Savior and, you know, J- Jesus loves little lambs kind of thing. He's Lord. He's King. He's God. And we, we can't treat Him anything less than who He truly is as, as Lord. And if we want God's peace in our lives, we have to surrender to Him as Lord, not as what we wish Him to be, but rather to who He really is, God of the universe, supreme holy and, and, and sovereign. Amen. And so as you reflect on the weekend sermon and the main thought and scriptures above, what is the Lord highlighting to you and why? Pastor Tim, any thoughts as we launch off today? Yeah, I love the, um, the three scriptures that are in there um, after the one in Luke where it talks about the birth of Christ. And you realize that one in John 14, it talks about that the peace that God gives us is different from the world's. Yeah. And then in Isaiah, it explains that the peace that he does give us, it, it's correlated to our trust in him. And then it then builds on Isaiah 48, that if we trust him, then it, it, it shows through our obedience in his commands. Right. And so if you reverse engineer it, for any of us, whether we're you know, small group leaders or people in our small groups, right? Mm-hmm. If we're feeling anxiety, if we're at a, at a state where we're not experiencing peace, then we, we should work backwards. We should see, okay, where in my life do I feel like maybe I'm being disobedient to God? And then am I being disobedient to God because I lack trust in Him? Yeah. And because I lack trust in Him, am I looking for peace in other places that's not um, found in Him? And I'm relying on peace maybe from a person or from a situation planning out. And we see, as you walked us through the birth of Mary, I mean, the birth of Mary, but Mary giving birth to Christ, right. how that was a less than ideal situation, but yet peace was born through that. Yeah. And, you know, I, I love that verse that you put in there, right? That 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 it's not the, the kind of peace that the world gives. Because mm-hmm. I think when we think peace in the worldly sense, it's the absence of conflict. Right, exactly. Or the presence yep. of blessings or whatever we want, right? Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, again, that's why the Jews missed Jesus. They expected him to bring peace by conquering the Romans Mm -hmm. and establishing the kingdom of Israel forever. So he had to come as a military leader, right? That's the kind of peace they wanted. Mm -hmm. But what Jesus was going to bring was an internal spiritual peace, a peace with God, first of all, and the freedom from sin and death and all that. But it's not often what we are looking for in our lives, right? And so sometimes we can miss the will of God because we're looking for a different kind of peace, in this in, in, in the in the short term and in the mm-hmm. temporary. And so I love that verse that God gives a different kind of peace. It's peace nonetheless, and it's a great peace if you've experienced it, you know what we're, what we're talking about, but it's not the way that the world gives it. It may not come through the the relationship turning out the way that you want or the financial blessing the way that you want. Or, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's it's a different kind of peace, but yet it's peace nonetheless. And I think that is so important to to note there. Um, you know, for me again, it's just it's just realizing that sometimes when life feels chaotic it could be that God is, I'm right in the will of God, you right. know? And that's where you just got to zoom out. Okay, is Jesus Lord of my life? Am I doing my best to walk with him? Is there any areas of sin or areas where Jesus isn't Lord? And if the answer is no, and you're still facing chaos, then you're probably in the will of God, and this mm-hmm. is part of it, right? Mm-hmm. I think for Mary and Joseph, they were doing exactly what God called them to do, and they were going through this crisis of having to travel 100 miles on donkey back. Mm-hmm but they were right in the will of God. And you may be facing a situation right now that feels crazy, but you might be in the will of God. And it may feel like it sucks, and it probably does, but God is leading you somewhere, and we will only really understand it when we look back. But that peace comes when I know I'm in the will of God right now, and God is leading me somewhere. 
um, that he wants me to go. So I think that's a very important conversation to have. And as we let people reflect, I'd love for us to talk about that. Like, man, what are you going through right now that, you know, you're, you may not be feeling the peace of God. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look at the second question, describe the type of peace you have experienced uh, walking with God. Like, Give an example maybe, right? How, uh, when you've experienced peace in your life, how is it different from the other types of peace you may have experienced outside of God? And this is where leaders, it'd be great if you come in your tripod, having pre-thought this. What are some some ways where maybe you're going through a chaotic situation, but yet there was this weird sense of peace? Right. Share that, because that, that'll help other people um, in that moment as well. And I, I think a big one for this one, um, especially if your group members miss it, is try to bring up uh, relational examples. So, for example, maybe it's unforgiveness, right? And in the world, if there's unforgiveness, if there's uh, unresolved conflict with the situation, there can be unpeace in that, right? Uh, unsettling. I don't experience peace because this hasn't worked out. Mm-hmm. However, for the believer, someone who's trusting in God and obeying his commands, even before the situation's resolved, there's forgiveness. So if that person has forgiven the other person, as a believer, you can experience the peace of God even without yet seeing the results mm. of what that relationship um, being reconciled, that hope of reconciliation. And so I've experienced that a lot over the years with my wife, for example. It's uh, one way or the other. I don't want to make her sound like the, she's always the, the villain side, but um, there are times where my wife and I may be fighting and I forgive her, right? In my heart, I forgive her. I even ask for her forgiveness uh, verbally. And she maybe is still stewing and is having a hard time. Mm-hmm. But at least I can now experience the peace of God. And I start to see it permeate my mm-hmm. household and my yeah. family. And, you know, when you find peace, you're able to bring peace, right? You're exactly, able to help yes. be a minister of reconciliation there. I know for me, you know, just, just walking through, you know, we shared last week about my the stuff we walked through with my son, Micah, and in the midst of that where there was really no light at the end of the tunnel saying, God, okay, I know you're going to do something through this. You're working, you're going to work this out. And it's a weird sense of peace when you know that God is with you um, through it all. And even just more recently, we're dealing with stuff with our house and financial stuff. It's just stuff that's completely out of our control and outside of our responsibility. We didn't do anything, you know, wrong. But God, I know you're going to take care of it, and you're going to work it out. It's a weird sense of peace, you know, but it, it, it comes when you, you know that you're right with God, and you're walking with God, and He has a plan that He's going to work out. So yeah, leaders, come ready to share some of your own examples there, and, and uh, if you have some, that'd be great. Prep your tripod to do so, because sometimes we need, people need to hear examples to make it tangible for them, so it's mm-hmm. not just this you know, theoretical you know, discussion about peace, but you can share some examples that'll really, really help. So come pre-thought and pre-discussed. Um, and, then, and then lastly, what situation are you currently going through that you are believing for the peace of God, God to guard your heart and mind? Who do you think He is calling you? Uh, what do you think He is calling you to do to stay in the center of His will? That's a great question. So are you going through anything right now where you need the peace of God to show up? <laughs> you may be in a chaotic situation. And, and what do you need to do to stay in the center of His will? That is so important because, again, peace comes when we're walking in the will of God. And so there may be some adjustments that people need to make. And uh, we don't want to assume that, hey, you, God will give you peace if you're living in sin. That doesn't work that way, right? So there may be some adjustments that need to be made. But what are some areas where you need the peace of God and, and let give people room to share? Yeah, so leaders, a pointer on this one, um, not that you have to be the Bible answer man and try to you know, figure out what that solution is for them um, to stay at the center of God's will. I think a big one, though, is asking questions to help them 
um, to a, a place, are they truly surrendered to Christ? Just as Pastor Billy, mm-hmm. just you gave that example about your house situation, mm-hmm. right? And it's beyond your control. And so you have to just trust God. And so being at the center of God's will, oftentimes it, it's predicated on relinquishing control over the situation. Yeah, no, exactly. And, you know, I was just in a conversation with a guy this past week who actually a couple uh, who are dealing with you know marriage situations and challenges in their in their family and and because of that it's 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 wreaking havoc on their mental health and just different things and and uh, one of the questions i asked is but what do you think god is asking you to do mm-hmm. you know and, and you know sometimes like i i see the situation I'm, i know exactly what you need to do but but it doesn't help sometimes if i you know people don't listen necessarily that way it's harder to receive so i said what do you think god is challenging you to do and uh the crazy thing is whenever i've done that they already know mm. you know what i mean and so to your point about not having to be the answer man sometimes we just got to ask good questions what do you think god is challenging mm-hmm. you to do and very often they're like well i, I know i need to do this but you know, or I know I need to do this. And as this dude, one of the dudes was talking, as he was talking out loud, he was telling himself the stuff that he needs to do. And I didn't have to. I just was like, yeah, man, I think that's right. I think that's exactly what you need to do. And he was, as he was verbally processing, it came clear to him. And that's why we do small groups the way that we do. It's not Bible studies because we want people to process because as we talk, right. it gets clearer to us. And then it's yours. You own that. And then we just get hold them accountable to it. And so, you know, the reason why this person wasn't experiencing peace in his marriage is stuff that he can remedy and stuff that he's not walking right with God in, and he was able to articulate that, and and I can just now hold him accountable to that and encourage him along the way. So I think that's one of the greatest gifts we can give in this season is to let people process through that and help them. Um, one last thing I want to say about this before we close, and I'll, I'll let Pastor Tim wrap it up, is... Um, you know, let's make sure that we slow down in this season for people. You know, I've, we've shared it before, but, you know, the statistics during the holiday season is people are hurting and going through stuff. And just what I've experienced and the people I've been with in this past week, it corroborates all that. Um, marriages are strained. People are stressed and hurried and rushed and turning to alcohol and other things to cope. And and uh, we need to slow down and let people process so that we can help bring health and healing to that. And let's be the type of people that do that. This small group discussion is a great opportunity to do so, but let's also do that outside of small group at our workplaces and in the community as well. Pastor Tim, final thoughts before we say goodbye. Yeah, so again, you know, going back to that scripture that we get ultimately peace from God first, and when we have our peace from God, then we can have peace with others. It starts with that. So um, this is exciting season, you know, with, with how Pastor Billy just... You framed it for us. There, there's a world that right now is just filled with chaos, a lack of peace, and we get to bring that eternal peace to the people around us. Amen to that. So thank you, leaders, for all that you do um, week in and week out, especially during this busy holiday season. Just a friendly reminder as well to plan ahead for Christmas week and New Year's week to do as best as you can not to punt on small group during that week. Mm-hmm. I know it's going to be busy. Uh, my small group, we're getting real creative. We're going to move the date and all those kinds of things just to make sure that we meet. And again, the reason why is because people are hurting. And if we can be there for one another during this crazy season, we need to do that. Um, so plan ahead. And let's go be present in people's lives in group, but also, and possibly more importantly, in the community to be a blessing and bring hope to others. Amen. Thank you, leaders. We love you. Have a great week and have great small group discussions. God bless you.